On today's show, your continued Houston Rockets free agency preview, focusing on the reports and rumors as the Rockets head into free agency. Today, we're going to be tackling the available guards for the Rockets. Fred Van Vliet, Austin Reeves, Jordan Clarkson maybe in the mix. Who is the best available guard? Who checks the most boxes for the Rockets? It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select... Jalen Green, Alperon Shengun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe. Which guard do you want to see the Rockets sign in free agency, let us know in the YouTube comments. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Shout out to the LOR everydayers. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, the X's and O's man himself, Ali Khan Bajani, who can track down on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider. I tracked him down from the lost and found pile and just in time because we are a couple days away from NBA free agency, the madhouse that is going to be the insanity that is NBA free agency every year, July 1st. Although I guess they bumped it, what, like six hours ahead now? So now it's not, it's not July 1st, it's June, whatever, 30th, 31st. What's the last day of this month? June 30th. So it's June 30th, 5 p.m. Central Time is when everything is going to kick off for your Houston Rockets. We have upwards of $60 million in cap space to spend. And on today's show, Alec and I are going to focus on the available guards for your Houston Rockets. And spoiler alert, we're not going to spend too much time on James Harden, are we, Alec? Who's that? <laughs> Look, we have spoken about Harden ad nauseum on this podcast so many in so for basically ever since December, right? It's been will he, won't he, is he, is he not? All the signs are pointing towards the fact that he's probably going to stay in Philadelphia. Um, Ali, do you have anything to any additional added insight on this, Ali? Kind of any opinions on this? I mean, it very much feels like it's just kind of that. That's the direction things are heading right now with with James Harden. I think I think it's important to also think about where those reports of him being of, of of him returning are coming from. It's like the Sixers are confident. Well, why would the Sixers be confident? You think about those things. I don't think it's a guarantee that he's staying with Philly. I don't think it's a guarantee if he's coming to Houston. I just think like let 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 the process play out. But I do know that there are plenty of other free agent guards out there who I think the Rockets are interested in, and also the Rockets should have interest in. Right, Jackson. 
Absolutely. And there's a bunch of names that we want to kind of go over on today's show. And there's a bunch of different guards. And I think that's the big, big thing that we're going to tackle on today's show is the Rockets, I think, need a very specific type of guard. But the, the, the names that they have been linked to in the lead up to free agency, there's a lot of different names out there. So Fred Van Vliet is one of the big ones. Austin Reeves is another one. Bruce Brown is a guy the Rockets have been linked to. Dante DiVincenzo is another name. And then Jordan Clarkson. And each of these guards are all very different and unique in their own right. So, Ali Khan, let's start with, I, I want to start with Austin Reeves, actually, on this list uh, of wow. all these guys. We're starting with with Lakers AR-15, um, which is easily one of the best nicknames since AK-47. Um, although, it, today's, you know... You know who was I, called AK-47 back in middle school? Who? Oh, that was you! That was... <laughs> wait, wasn't it you? Yes. <laughs> We've talked about this before. That's ridiculous. Okay, well, on that note, your spiritual brother, uh, Austin Reeves, AR-15. God, we're just going to get canceled like 15 minutes into this episode. Like, not even. We're not even five minutes into this episode. We're going to get canceled. Um, All right. It's a whole other story, guys, for another day about... Um, the stuff that Islamophobia that I had to deal with in middle school. But anyways, let's go back to Austin Reeves. All right, all right. Back to Austin Reeves for now. Look. The Lakers are in this precarious spot, right, where they've got LeBron still, they've got AD, do they run it back, do they do they pay to retain Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves, who both had really, really successful postseason runs playing off of LeBron and AD, and I think that Austin Reeves showcased a lot in his postseason run with the Lakers, right, he stepped up big for them. I think he showed that he's more than just your stereotypical two guard. Like, I think he's very much a guy who has some of those lead guard capabilities. He would fit with the kind of the younger timeline of this Rockets team. He's not necessarily a veteran per se, but he's a guy that clearly uh, can play at, at a at a playoff caliber level, can be a playoff caliber rotation piece. So while he doesn't necessarily fit the mold of a veteran guard addition, I think from a talent perspective, it makes a ton of sense. And the Rockets might be able to offer Reeves a contract that the Lakers seemingly just don't want to match. Because again, the, the way that they would have to match any potential Austin Reeves contract is it would be, like super low for the first couple of years and then balloon up in years three and four. And are the Lakers really looking to pay Austin Reeves 30 plus million dollars in years three and four of a contract if the Rockets try to offer him his maximum possible deal? Look, man, I, I have a few things I want to bring up about Austin Reeves. This guy, it's a, lot, a lot has to be said about him playing next to LeBron. LeBron and AD make it easier on him, but he took advantage of those opportunities and was successful, okay? He split time being a spot-up shooter, and also running pick-and-roll. 28% of his possessions were spot-up. 28% of his possessions were pick-and-roll. 20% of his possessions were transition. Let me tell you, that is exactly the type of breakdown Ime Yudoka wants from his young players. And the fact that you have a guy like Austin Reeves in free agency who fits that mold, albeit in an offense that was predicated on LeBron and AD and him playing off of them, that's still very impressive. And he, Check this out. 88th percentile in spot up, 81st percentile in pick and roll, 87th percentile in transition. I mean, he's really good. Um, just a great offensive player. And defensively, he's that one guy who you potentially would like on your team defensively because he can fight around screens. So the way Ime Yudoka wants to play is switching, but in cases he wants to play drop with Shangun or free agent to be added as at the center position, 
you have a guy who you can put on the opposing ball handler because he's he knows and he's defended those positions and he's been a defender chasing people off of screens and still contributing very well in the offensive end. Look how he did against John Morant in the Memphis series. Had that difficult defensive assignment, but still also played well offensively, right? Golden State, chasing Steph, chasing Clay, still did a good job offensively. So he is somebody who can play both ends, not get tired, and still put together a good offensive production. So for all those reasons, it just makes sense to me. Um, I, I really, really like Austin Reeves, but like you said, it's going to depend on if the Lakers don't match any potential offer. Yeah, he's he's 25 years old, so he's a little bit older than the rest of this young Rockets core. Again, not quite a veteran. He's only played two years at the NBA level, but again, came on really strong with the Lakers. Good size, 6'5". And again, I don't think he... It's so interesting where we're going to navigate the rest of these other other names that we want to talk about here because Reeves isn't what you think of when you think, you know, traditional, you know, playmaker, primary facilitator, whatever. But in an Ime Udoka style offense, he's shown an ability to run pick and roll and run it at a pretty decent level again. And that's, you know, it's you have to mention it is playing in an offense with LeBron and AD. You have to continuously mention that point. But. He's shown the ability to run an offense. He's shown an ability to be a spot-up guy. He ran the offense without LeBron, right? Yes. So he yeah. has shown that without LeBron and AD. To both of our points, we mentioned he was – a lot of these offensive numbers are with AD and LeBron, but he ran a lot of the offense without them on the floor as well. So for, sure. for, for sure. For so, sure. So I, I do think there's enough there to be confident in the idea of maybe you want to bring him in, and maybe that could be a really interesting backcourt partner, right, for Jalen Green moving forward. Is that the is that the true blue answer? Is it a long-term solution? Would it be bringing Austin Reeves in and having him come off the bench? There's a lot of different ways that the Rockets could go about it, but Austin Reeves would be a really interesting addition here. We do have a bunch of other names that we want to get to coming up here in just one moment guys like Fred Van Vliet Bruce Brown Jordan Clarkson we're going to talk about those guys coming up here in just a second but first today's episode is brought to you by prize picks so what is prize picks it's daily fantasy sports but how does it work basically you pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit there's no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available and prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch that's nba nfl mlb nhl pga they've got you covered for all the action over at prize picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that simple they're safe they offer fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So right now, download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That means if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, as we kind of mentioned on the top, Ali Khan, a lot of these guards that we're looking at, they all provide different things, different skill sets, whether they're maybe more primary facilitators, more uh, offensive scoring types, more defensively oriented, more guys who are more known as like sixth man spark plug off the bench type guys. What do you think? Ime Odoka wants out of the guard that he's that the Rockets are probably trying to add via free agency. We have to take a look at I think number one what offense he wants to play. I think that's the biggest thing there. Um, you know the Celtics they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. 
And if you look at when they started, when Ime Yudoka first became coach for Brad Stevens, they were very much an ISO team. And if people remember, I don't know if people remember this, it took about two months for them to actually start playing good basketball. Mm-hmm. Basketball offensively. They struggled. Why- they struggled out of the gate that first year with Ime, and then they turned it around two months into the season. Well, why? Because it took time for Ime's vision to start taking shape. Um, I, I, I want to say a few things about that because you're not you're adding veterans for what reason, Jackson? You're adding a point guard for what what reason? Because you have a bunch of young guys on your current team that have movements, patterns, habits, not necessarily good habits, right? You have to break those bad habits and relearn a new approach to the way that you want to play. Relearn or learn a brand new way of playing basketball. And it takes time. I don't I personally don't think the Rockets may get off to a good start. But having veterans in place who know how to play a good way, well, instead of making it maybe two months that it took Boston, it may take it may take a quick it may take a short amount of time for the Rockets if they bring in veterans. So that's that's the biggest thing. And Ime Yudoka said this in an interview after the press conference yesterday uh, with Sports Talk 790. He talked about quote, regardless of position, this is for free agents overall. I want professionals and mature adults in the room. He later on said, so guys that have had success on this level, played in championships, played in high-level situations. Okay? There's a guy who you mentioned before the break that we're going to talk about right now, Fred Van Fleet. To me, he perfectly fits that role. And for a a, a couple of other reasons. Also, the way that, that Boston played, they had a lot of wings, right? So for them, in order to maximize space, they ran a lot of guard, guard, pick and roll. Well, Jackson, in our locked on film room sessions, we've talked about it. What are what are some examples of a guard guard pick and roll or action? Wiper. No. <laughs> well, no, wiper is. Wiper is a good example. It's a ghost screen where you bring in one guard from one side of the court to kind of set a ghost screen or wipe away the defender and create an advantage for that speedy wing who has the basketball. So we'll probably see a lot of wiper with Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Amen Thompson, insert point guard to be added. We're going to see that. And so you have to bring in a guy who is ex- who can excel as a playmaker because as of right now, Jalen's still learning. Kevin Porter Jr., we know he can pass and do things, but he's still learning that role. The whoever you bring in has to be that playmaker. That's where that's where Boston excelled at is taking the weaknesses of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at that time, not necessarily the best playmakers, making them good playmakers. Well, if you add in a good playmaker, it opens up everything else for everybody else on the floor. And when you are one of the highest pick and roll frequency teams in the league, which the Rockets were last year, but terrible efficient wise in that, you have to do something to be able to create advantages. And that's where inserting a point guard, a veteran point guard can help you do that and do all those different things. And I mean, when you look at the success that Fred Van Vliet has had, I mean, obviously he won a title with the Raptors. He's... really, he kind of checks all the significant boxes of what the Rockets would want out of bringing in a guard to that level, right? He kind of gives you, I know for a while there, it was kind of the debate between would you rather bring back a James Harden or bring in Fred Van Vliet. Now that things have kind of cooled down on the James Harden front, it kind of feels like things are leaning with him going back towards the 76ers. Fred Van Vliet becomes kind of your next best option as a lead guard, primary facilitator, a guy who can really set the table offensively, but also isn't nearly as dominant, right, as James Harden is with the basketball. James plays a very specific style. We can call it Harden 
Norton ball, whatever you want to call it. Fred Van Vliet has an ability to play with the ball in his hands or to play off the ball. And I think that's a really important note for him. Now, I know he's coming off of the worst three-point shooting season of his, I think, of, of his entire career, a really down shooting year. But I fully expect him to bounce back from that. I don't see why he wouldn't. It's not like he's suddenly, you know, on the wrong side of 30 or anything. He's 29 years old. He's still at a good age range to where I think if the Rockets, you know, if the reporting stays consistent, right, and my understanding of what the Rockets want to be able to do with this free agency period is they don't want to commit to any major long-term deals, right? I think a lot of the deals that the Rockets are going to be looking at are going to be two, maybe three-year-long deals. But I think Fred Van Vliet could be the one name where I could see them committing a bit more long-term to him, maybe somewhere in that three- to four-year range, if only because I think he's a guy that can easily play a variety of roles, right? He can be your lead primary guard as a starter. He can be the guard coming off the bench. He can play off-ball. And I think that he kind of addresses that really big hole that the Rockets have had for a while now, which is, hey, they don't have a point guard on the roster, right? We saw exactly what happened when they brought in legitimate point guards in the past, DJ Augustine, Dennis Schroeder, guys who have actually played the position at the NBA level consistently, and how much better everybody else on the floor looked because of that. And I think that Fred Van Vliet could be that guy to help elevate the rest of the roster if the Rockets are able to get him. Something, it could be something along the lines of a, they could do a balloon payment and do like two years, 80 million or something, right? And and have him on one of those shorter term deals. And that might be enough to be competitive with what the Raptors might be comfortable offering, which could be something along the lines of a like three year, $90 million deal or four year, 120. And if, if Fred is cool with getting the balloon payment, then I don't, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't want to choose that option. Yeah. And, Here's a couple things in terms of an on-court perspective I want to bring about Fred, because if he even comes in here for two years, two years is great amount of development, or three years is a great amount of development for your young guys, okay? Just two seasons ago, he was in the, he was in the 92nd percentile in spot-up shooting. 92nd. Last year, he was 55th. But you know it's there. You've seen him do it in big moments. He's been a 40% or 30% like of his possessions have been pick and roll for the last several years. Last year he was 41% of his possessions were pick and roll 71st percentile. Second most possessions for him transition third most spot up. That sounds like a guy who can play multiple roles as an off guard, but also on the ball and fit in the mold of what he Udoka wants, right? Like which we talked about. And it, there's something I also want to mention going back to what the purpose of a guard would be. He said this in an interview with Jonathan Fagan when he first got hired, he said, we have capable guys that can score on their own, but my job is to help them grow in certain areas. You want them to become better playmakers. You want them to get to the spot and get to the basket. We have Jalen and Kevin Porter Jr. that are really good at that. We understand the attention they're going to draw. They need to make the right play. Well, who else to have, help set them up and make those right plays than a guy like Fred Van Fleet who has a very low turnover rate? Assisted turnover ratio is also very low. In pick and roll, which... Like I said, one of the Rockets were the most inefficient teams in pick and roll last year. Guess what his turnover percentage is? It's around 10%. Pretty good. On, on, on Whenever he's kind of in ISO or spot up or on the side, it's it's also less than 10%. He is good with the basketball in his hands. He knows how to be able to get downhill. I just, I just feel like he would be a great fit from not just an intangible perspective, which people are talking about, why would you just pay this guy to be a mentor? Well, you're also paying him for your on-court production, which you know that he can give you in this type of system. He's played for a coach who's versatile and does different things in Nick Nurse. It'd be an easy transition for him to be able to play with a similar-minded coach in Ime Udoka. 
And I think the one the one kind of danger zone here for whoever the Rockets try to bring in, if they're bringing in somebody who is going to be the primary facilitator, somebody that they want to bring in to be that table setter like a Fred Van Vliet, is I think Amon Thompson is going to get up to speed pretty quickly, honestly, at the NBA level. I don't think he's ready right out of the gate to be the starter. I think it's it, it, they're going to be they're going to benefit from bringing him along a bit more slowly. Again, I've said before, I I don't I would not be shocked to see Amon Thompson coming off the bench to start this next season. In fact, I fully expect that to be the case moving forward. That said, if he's ready to be the starter halfway through his rookie season, then you have to be able to make that switch and you have to have somebody who understands that that might be something that could happen further down the line and that that starting spot is not a given forever. It's not a given during the duration of their contract. And if you are able to entice uh, Steady Freddy with a balloon payment, a two-year deal, whatever, that has to be part of those discussions where, hey, we're bringing you in to do X, to be a veteran leader, to teach these young guards how to play the game the right way, but there is a very realistic possibility that come January, February of this very first season with the team, you might your, your role might transition to being on the bench, but as long as you're getting paid and you're happy with your contract and you're happy with the value that you're providing to the team, cool, and that's always one of the discussions, right, is I think at times fans just think, oh, it's all about, you know, players only care about winning or they only care about money or they only care about X, Y, Z. It's like, no, there's a lot of different factors that play into these decisions for these players that they make in free agency. And ultimately, we don't know where these players' hearts and minds lie. But if that situation is amenable to Fred Van Vliet, then I don't see why he wouldn't say no to the idea of, hey, I can secure the bag. I don't, like, the bar is very low. I'm just coming in to teach these young guys how to play the right way. And very low expectations, right? Get a nice little bag for two years, and then he can try and, you know, go and secure one last big deal when he's, like, 31, 32, whatever it is at the end of this current contract. Seems kind of like a win on all fronts for me. You know, he, he sounds great, but luckily for the Rockets, I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world, though. Jackson if they don't get Fred it's not there's still other free agents out there who I think would really help them in the situation not just necessarily free agents but also trade-wise as well absolutely there are a few more names that we want to get to here we've got Bruce Brown Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Clarkson another you know kind of a bunch of guys with a bunch of different skill sets here we want to talk about them coming up here in our final segment in just one moment And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's go with a guy that's fresh off of a title run here, Ali Khan. And this one might be a, a bit of a pipe dream, and it's he's the guy that I think answers or checks the least amount of boxes, actually, for a guard target for the Rockets. And that's actually Bruce Brown. Um, he's a really interesting name. He fit in really well with the Denver Nuggets. He's... Gonna get paid this offseason, that's for sure. The only question is which team is going to pay him. How much is he gonna get paid? I'm guessing he probably gets somewhere anywhere from 15 to 20 million a year, honestly, with how impressive he was during that Nuggets title run. I think he'd be an interesting addition, but he doesn't exactly answer the question, the glaring issue for the Rockets, which is the lack of a primary facilitator, unfortunately. No, it, it does not. If the Rockets had a primary facilitator, I think... I think he'd be great in this role. And let me tell you a few reasons why. Number one, because he has played in a system where when Jokic sat, he had to help push the basketball. He actually ran a few pick and rolls as well. So he can be a secondary guy if needed. Um, and, and and the thing with Ime Udoka's offense for our listeners, you know, it's it's about playing in pick and rolls and kind of 
pushing the pace, but what does pushing the pace mean? Pushing the pace means creating advantages, right? It sounds great, but you have to create advantage with the, advantages with the purpose. If I'm if I'm a guy and I have the basketball in my hands and I see, hey, there's somebody else who's being defended by this guy, let me send a quick screen. doesn't have to be with the big. It can be with the guard. Let me send this quick screen. Let me get into an advantage, right? Or, hey, look, Al P has a mismatch on me. Let, me. let me post him up. Let me get him going. Pace is not just about you know, running the floor and going to the half court. It's also about getting your offense into motion. And I think Bruce Brown will be a good example of that based off of his play in Denver. And I, I just think he would help unlock Alex Shangun's playmaking ability because he knows how to play with a big uh, 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 like that. Um, but you're right, man. It all comes down to having a lead guard and Bruce Brown would not be that for this. And, and you know, it's it's kind of crazy because Bruce Brown does have a history with Ime Odoka um, playing together when... Udoka was with uh, with Brooklyn, and so he's familiar with his game, and it, it's it's kind of one of those like, you know, maybe there's still a slight chance that that's a, po- a direction they go because again, it, it's all dependent on how heavily the Rockets want to maybe lean into Alper and Shingun this next season, right? Maybe they view Bruce Brown as exactly the type of guard that they want to bring in because they want to lean further into Alpi's abilities, right? Maybe they're inspired by the Nuggets postseason run with Nikola Jokic, and they're like, you know what? We don't have to worry about getting a, a more of a table-setting point guard because we're planning to lean more heavily into what Alper and Shingun provides. And we heard the quote from Udoka at the introductory press conference, right, saying that different guys are going to be playing different roles than they're accustomed to moving forward, right? And that could mean things like Kevin Porter Jr. maybe playing a completely different position on the floor. Maybe he slots in more at the three um, because maybe they're planning to utilize Shingun as more of a facilitator, more of that offensive hub, running more of the sets through him, that kind of thing, instead of APJ being the the guy with the rock in his hands, being the the table setting point guard for yeah. this Rockets team. So, um, Bruce Brown, interesting name. I think he's probably lowest on the priority list for the reasons that we kind of already outlined. He doesn't necessarily answer that question. The other couple names here that are really interesting, though, uh, kind of in in similar vein to Austin Reeves. Um, first guy here is Dante Divincenzo, who I don't know if I feel. I don't know if I'd feel like super excited if like that was like the Rockets big guard get of the offseason because he's been a starter before. I don't know if you feel like super confident if you walk away and he is your new starting backcourt partner for Jalen Green. At that point, I'd almost argue just sticking with KPJ from a sheer talent perspective is actually the better option. I think I think DiVincenzo is the guy you bring in to help glue your roster. Yeah. I think he's a guy who's played with good championship level teams when he was young. Now going into as a, as a veteran player, he knows what to do in roles. He plays hard. You know, when you watch him play, he plays hard. He can go around screens. He can. He, he's always in position. I mean, just for those reasons and based off what he may wants in his priority list for for agents, he checks all those boxes. And he's a good three point shooter. Shooting is a premium. He may mentioned that every single time he's at a media availability, he's mentioned shooting is a premium. And sh- if shooting is a premium, you can bring in a guy like Divincenzo who can knock down three three threes a game if given the attempts. I, I mean, it's not it's not something I would call crazy. I think it's legitimate. But that being said, my th- my thinking is the Rockets want to go for a lead guard. I don't think DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo would be the lead guard for you. But he may be based off of the timeline. Maybe the Rockets presented for agents. It may be enticing to DiVincenzo to get a two-year payday and go back in there for agency. We'll see. And the last name that we've got here, and I think this one might actually be the the dark horse candidate, if you will, because I do think he has an ability to kind of help at least in a way fulfill that lead guard kind of role. And that's actually Jordan Clarkson of all players. He 
He's a veteran. He's really kind of, especially this past season, he was able to tap into a different version of himself with the Utah Jazz. Um, we saw him be a bit more of a primary creator, primary facilitator, rather than the sixth man spark plug that he's been for the majority of his career. Um, and apparently the reasoning that there's some linkage between Jordan Clarkson and the Rockets is that he comes potentially highly recommended from Will Hardy, who obviously has ties to Ime Udoka and their previous work together. So he'd be a name that would be a really interesting, I think, like consolation prize if you were the Rockets, right? Where, you know... Is he your long-term answer as as an engine, as a focal point, as somebody running the offense? Absolutely not. Is he a great, probably short-term answer on a on a probably two-year, three-year type deal? Absolutely. Is he a guy who can play multiple roles on the floor? Yes. A lot of the same things that we said about Fred Van Vliet, we can also say about Jordan Clarkson, right? A guy who can thrive with the ball in his hands, who can play off ball, who can come off the bench, who has been a primary guy, who has been a second or a tertiary guy at times throughout his career. I think that could be the sleeper pick if things don't work out with Fred Van Vliet, if he decides to stick with Toronto or if another team makes a play for him and the Rockets fall a little bit short on whatever their offer is, I think Jordan Clarkson could be the guy to keep an eye for, keep an eye for, keep an eye on. Oh my God, if I could talk. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't be super for it. Um, just for the reasons where I think you just still want a lead ball handler role. I think the key, I think the key across this entire thing we've gone through today, this exercise is that the point I want to make to our listeners is the, the purpose of getting whoever you're bringing in for agency is not necessarily to score. It's to be able to elevate the playmaking on the court, elevate not only the playmaking for the team, but elevate, elevate the playmaking for Jalen and whoever else is going to be on the court with him as a starter, whoever's finishing the game. You want that table setter who can also get to a shot, which some of our guys shake off those boxes, but more importantly, do those things to elevate the playmaking where they can, create advantages for others right and for me i think jordan can do that but i still would go with some of our other players i actually have a few other names or one name that i want to point out there jackson that's dennis smith jr dennis smith jr played under steve clifford in the charlotte hornets last year he filled in for Lamelo ball when Lamelo was out i i and he had a very high number of assists he was very much that kind of table setting guard rafael stone has talked about those buy low kind of like high reward kind of people where they can they can get good value out of a free agent, right? Good value. I think Dennis Smith Jr. would be a great value add if if they struck out on everybody else and they wanted to get him. I think he's a great addition potentially to this team because also defensively he's athletic enough and he fits in the athletic kind of fast-paced mo- uh, mode that this team wants to play in. I could get behind Dennis Smith Jr., but I, again, I think that that is one of those kind of buy-low targets where I don't know if – I could see them making a play for it if they struck out on all their other guys. But the other thing is, too, the Rockets have to spend this money somehow is the thing. Like, they've got they've got the cap space. They've got a salary floor that they're going to have to meet for next season that they are nowhere near close to hitting yet. And they're going to have to basically spend the majority of this cap space to just hit that salary floor. So I guess I could I guess I could see that being being an option. I think right now. I think a lot of signs are pointing towards Fred Van Vliet being the guy. There's a lot of different reporting around the NBA landscape. Jake Fisher, uh, Zach Lowe kind of hinting at things. I think Brian Windhorst as well. There's a lot of rumblings that Fred Van Vliet is going to be 
headed to Houston. And I know that the Rockets internally are excited about the possibility of getting him. Um, he's been a name that's been kind of circulated a little bit alongside uh, Brooke Lopez, Dylan Brooks. There have been a few names that have been pretty consistent in some of my conversations with them. And at this point, I, I can get behind it, right? I think Fred Van Vliet checks a lot of those boxes. There's a reason that we spent so long talking about him in today's episode. If you had to, if you had to rank the different possible free agency additions that we just went through today, Alicon, from one through, I guess, six, since you added Dennis Smith Jr. in there, how would you rank them? Like who I wanted? Yeah, who makes most sense for the team. Oh, most sense, number one, honestly, is Fred Van Fleet. Mm -hmm. And I would say 1B would be Austin Reeves. I really have them side by side. I think both would play well. I really believe in Austin Reeves. Okay. Uh, I think next would probably be, oh, man, this is tough. It gets murky after that. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little uh, bit, right? I would probably take DiVincenzo, Clarkson, and then Bruce Brown. But I would love to add Bruce Brown if we can get one of those top two guys on this team. Because he would fit right in with the style of play that the Rockets want to play. And Ime has coached him. He can help usher in those foundations and principles. He wants to play in terms of a switching scheme and all those different things he wants to do defensively. Just makes all the sense in the world to bring in Bruce Brown if the price is right, role is right, everything is right. Um, but that that makes the most sense to me. You know, Jackson, we didn't talk about a few other guys. I just not not gonna include, I'm just saying just to keep in mind, I don't think that are like they're likely possibilities, but you have Gabe Vincent. Trey Jones, Dennis Schroeder, get Kobe White, Ayo Dusumu from Chicago. I mean, just a couple of the guys to keep it out there. I, I, I don't think I, either or any of those guys will be in Houston, but there's a it's a decent it's a decent class of free agent point guards. Yeah, I, I wanted to try to keep things kind of focused on at least the guys that have been we've had some some reporting about. Yeah, um, of course. I yeah. as far as your your five person list, I actually. Fully agree with how you ordered your five-person list, but I want to ask you one more question before we shut things down. On our previous episode uh, with Frank, we went over the available wings that the Rockets have been kind of linked to and who ultimately we'd like to see the Rockets make a play for in free agency as far as filling that wing spot. Uh, names like Cam Johnson, Dylan Brooks, Harrison Barnes, Middleton, all these different guys. Would you forego any of those potential wing targets and add Bruce Brown and one of these other guards, like say like Fred Van Vliet and Bruce Brown or Austin Reeves and Bruce Brown and not add one of those other wings, would you essentially be content allocating the money that you would have spent on a wing on Bruce Brown? Because he's not, he's not a wing, but he's also not a guard in the traditional sense of how guards play in today's NBA. He kind of is like a pseudo wing, just a little bit smaller, I guess. Great question. And my honest, my honest answer is it depends on the shooting. Depends on the shooting. If you are comfortable with the shooting you have at the wing position, you go with that wing person. If you are not comfortable, and even with Bruce Brown, I may not be fully comfortable with it, even though he's improved as a three-point shooter. I, I go with Bruce Brown. And for me, it's all about shooting. Ime has talked about extensively how shooting is a premium. The way the Rockets will want to play with pace and space, shooting will need to be at the forefront. And so for me, it's all going to depend on maximizing shooting. Also, it's better. It, I think the Rockets, and I've heard this for a few months now. I think how it's going to go down, Jackson, is they're going to have a they're going to have a guard, they're going to have a wing, and they're going to have a center. Right? We've talked about this. You've talked about this on the show. That's how it's going to go. I think that's the four. I think that's the structure that they are going to keep keep it with going into free agency because it allows you to have a foundational veteran to build off of at each level. 
right? You can put players in their roles, and then you have a guy they can look up to. A lead guard, great. A one or a two can see how a lead guard operates as a playmaker. A wing who can defend multiple positions, great. You have a veteran at that role. A center who can play and be the back line and run multiple defensive coverages, great. You'll have that guy there too. So I, I think from those perspectives, I'm laying it out in that perspective. Not necessarily player, but kind of uh, – uh, not a specific player, but values or roles that you can put in those situations that can be an imp- impact to the rest of the team. The, the right archetype, right? He's a big team. That's cool. You just didn't hear me. It's okay. I said the right archetype, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> that's just, I was just going to stare at you for a minute, but then I was like, our audio listeners are going to be like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, before we derail the show any further, um, Ali Khan, you know the drill. Let everybody know where to track you down at. Follow me on Twitter, Rockets underscore Insider. Excited to go into free agency and summer league. Have some good breakdowns with Jackson once those free agency signings are, are here. Uh, summer league breaking down the tape it'll be fun also for all everybody celebrating all my muslim listeners here eid mubarak to you all uh may you hope you whenever you listen to this you had a great time with your family so eid mubarak to that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Give us your thoughts on the available guards for the Rockets to pursue in free agency. Let us know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.